0: Well, good morning. Uh, Welcome to Valley Lights Church, and uh, it's good to see everybody from this vantage point. I sometimes do the hosting, so I I see everybody, but it's just always a a good view to get to see all the smiling faces. Um, I'm helping out uh, while Bruce is on vacation. Our pastor works extremely hard. I honestly have never worked with a pastor that works as hard as Bruce does, and so uh, when he said he was going to be taking a little time of vacation, we were all like, do it. Go, rest, uh, recover. Uh, he's going to spend some time with his family and that sort of thing. So uh, really excited for them to do that. And also excited uh, for me for the opportunity to, um, to speak the next three weeks. And we're going to be starting a new series. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. But a really big milestone in the history of my family literally just happened this week. Uh, June 6th made two years since Holly and I moved to Santa Carita. Whoa. We were talking, um, uh, Jared, who's leading worship today, Jared, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Jared and his wife Veronica donated to us, we needed a bigger, uh, we knew we were going to have a, a, a bigger apartment here in uh, Santa Clarita, and we needed a bigger table, and they donated a, uh, a table to us, so if you've ever eaten around our table, thank you uh, to the Lewises for that table, so it's cool that they're leading today, uh, but what's really cool about that, and uh, Jared and I were talking about that before the service, and I went, it seems like yesterday you took your truck out and gave us that table, but two years, just like that, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, this has really been a great place. We've we've loved living in Santa Cruz, and it's been a real adventure uh, being a part of uh, seeing this team or the the church started. And um, we've we've learned all kinds of things. We've learned new skills, like how how do you prioritize people and paying attention to all the people that we can connect with when you're just exhausted. That was a big, big lesson for us, you know, and that's something actually that we're still doing. I mean, does anybody remember how many flyers we passed out starting this church? A lot. That's a lot of miles. So we were really tired. Uh, There were barriers to get over. Uh, Where are we going to meet this week? Uh, Who's going to lead worship? Uh, All sorts of challenges. I'm sure uh, people that have been around for a while, you can think of things that we had to do that you were like, wow, man. I didn't understand how God was going to provide for that, and yet uh, here we are. But something that I learned uh, during this whole process has been how much I still have to learn. I think anybody that's been a part of this process has gone, wow, I didn't realize how much there was to learn to get a church off the ground. Uh, But has anybody ever seen a meme uh, like this? Um, It says, you've been doing blank wrong your whole life. Has anybody seen one of those? This was the first one I saw. It was uh, regarding coffee. Apparently, I've been drinking coffee wrong my whole life. Well, of course, I click on that. We're going to figure that one out. Well, apparently, if you've been throwing out your old coffee, you've been doing it wrong. You're supposed to make ice out of it and put that in your coffee. So you have iced coffee, and when it melts, you're melting coffee into your coffee, Yeah. I know there are a few of you that do this. Well, the first time I saw that, I went, OK, I have not been doing it wrong. Putting old coffee in my new coffee is not doing it wrong. Uh, how about this one? This one actually is pretty genius. You've been eating cupcakes wrong. If you cut it in half and flip it over, you don't get the thing all over your face. It's like eating a sandwich. All right, y'all agree with that one. That's a pretty good one. All right, how about this one? This one's just crazy. This is just a lunatic stuff. You've been eating apples wrong your whole life. In this article, it said that if you eat the apple from the bottom, there is no core. I'll let you guys explore that one. I'm not even going <laughs> to. This, this way has served me right for a long time. Uh, but you see these articles, and you go like, oh, my gosh. that. Either you agree or disagree, OK? So maybe you have read one of these, and you've gone, mind blown. I've been doing it wrong my whole life. Or maybe you've heard a helpful tip. So this is one my wife told me recently. We had a scratch on our furniture. If you have scratch on wood, you can use a walnut or some other nut, your nut of choice, and you can rub it on that scratch and it gets rid of it. Has anybody done that one? Well, this may change your life forever. Now I'll let you know. Or how about this one? Okay, I'm huge. I love, anybody that's camped with me knows I love building fires. That's like my favorite part of camping. Um, And I'm old school, I use matches, and I'm just so dumb, I'll strike the match, and you're you're rushing really quick to get it lit. Here's one. Use a candle. You bring a candle, you light the candle, now you have more time. So you can do that in a fireplace, too. Okay, so these are kind of silly examples, but maybe you've read an article before and you've gone, Oh my gosh, now that I have that information... That changes everything. I've been doing this wrong my whole life. Um, Something to consider. During the course of being part of this church plant, there has been something that I've said, I have been doing this wrong maybe my whole life. Uh, And that is in the area of prayer. Honestly, being a part of this church plant, we we have become increasingly dependent on God and prayer. And I'll be the first one to say that Prayer is a funny, funny thing. It seems like it would be really simple that you just ask God or you talk to God. But having to really depend on God has opened me up to the idea that I've I've been doing a lot in this way this the way of prayer wrong. Um, we've we've been pr- presented with lots of challenges where I've had to go, God, I can't do this on my own. We've we've done everything physically. We've put our money into this. We've put our time into this, and honestly, without you coming through, God, we're gonna fail. Um, when you when you come up to that, uh, we started this in the middle of the pandemic. There were so many unknowns where I had to come to God in prayer and just say, God, I mean, is anybody gonna come to this thing? I mean, is this just gonna be completely like a thing where people say, Yeah, public event, uh, people getting together? No, thanks. We're not interested. Um, during the middle of this, uh, like starting the church, we had one, uh, little baby and then we had two babies now and, uh, we started feeling the pressure of our life, uh, you know, building and, you know, you're trying to raise your kids, right? So you start realizing that being a parent's tough and you need more help than you could possibly do on your own. Um, and so that's been a thing where I've just been pressured into saying, God, I need help. I need to pray f- for your help as I'm learning how to, how, to, uh, how to parent and lead my kids and discipline my kids and try to figure that out. And also treat my wife well in the midst of parenting our kids, all that sort of thing. So many things that I need help. And then you throw on top of that, our country's been in a bit of a transition where you're constantly watching things on the news or seeing something on the computer where you go, how do, what do I even start with that? Like, how do I even deal with that? So we need prayer. Uh, we need help. And uh, in the middle of this, that's, it, it has just put a finger on the fact that there's something missing in my prayer life. I would hope that at this time, I've been walking with God for quite a many years, and I would hope that I'd be at a place where I have this faith and this prayer life that gets me through these storms, and I realize I really, really need to work on this. So some of this I'm sharing today is things that have come out of that experience, but maybe you're like me. You have uh, different things that are coming up in your life that you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I think it should be better than this. Um, Maybe it's relationships that are sideways or, uh, you know, you're a parent. You would like uh, to do a better job or to know what to do to move forward. And um, you need help and you need God's help. Uh, Maybe you're looking to be a parent. Honestly, every single thing we pray for, there could be two sides of it. Uh, you're not married and you'd like to get married. Oh, no, I need prayer because I am married and I don't know how to do that whole thing. Uh, there's lots and lots and lots of pressures that we deal with. And um, I get so frustrated in the midst of trying to figure this out because God gives us so many tools. If you look through His the scripture, we're going to look through a lot of verses during this, uh, this series. But God gives us a lot of help. But in the middle of it, you get really frustrated. Like one thing that I experience over and over and over is, okay, I've just prayed and it seems like I'm not getting anywhere. Is God actually getting this message? So here's, uh, here's something that we see all the time. This is like my favorite feature of texting. Because if I could pray and I'd get the little delivered thing, and then even better is if God would give me a little dot, dot, dot that he's about to get back to me. Man, this would be, we'd have some faith building. This would be a really, really good thing. Anybody else felt like that before? Oh, man. There's there's so many so many things like this. And then generally what happens is when I don't feel like God's answering, I just get lazy and go, oh, I'm just going to do this myself. I know I need the God of the universe to handle it, or this is a God-sized project, but... All right, I'm just going to do my best. I'm just going to do it myself. You know, forget that. I'm not going to go that route. But uh, there's lots of different things that we're going to be talking about during this series that you've probably thought of as well. Uh, But man, I just, I need help in the area of prayer. Uh, So where do we get this help from? Uh, Is there a starting place where we can go uh, to know how to pray? And so that's one of the key things that we're going to be looking at in this message. And luckily, (laughs) there is. Um, As we're going to be discussing these next few weeks, Jesus gives us some real help in the area of prayer, a starting place where we can figure out how we can take things to him, to know that he's getting them, uh, to know where do we go from here, what's the next step, uh, what are things that we should be asking for. And hopefully throughout this whole thing, not only is it going to allow us to grow closer to God, uh, but get answers to prayer and the rewards and things that God really wants for our life. Sounds pretty good. Well, let's do it. Uh, today we'll be getting started looking at uh, what Jesus said. So we're, we're looking at a much, much bigger uh, message that Jesus gave. This is just a snapshot of it, but Jesus gives us some, um, some practical help in the area of prayer. So we're going to be looking at Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 5 through 8 today. We'll be looking at the much longer passage over the course of the next few weeks. But this part, it starts, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So, as we get started in this message, Jesus very uh, graciously helps us with two things uh, that, if we don't get right, is going to get us off track in prayer. So that's what we're going to be looking at, these two things. So, uh, Two more things I want to highlight before we get started is, first, Jesus says, when you pray. So the people that Jesus was talking about in this passage were people who have made the decision to follow Jesus, not just figuratively, like, make him the boss of their life, but literally, they were followers of Jesus. So he says to followers of Jesus, when you pray. So maybe that's the first thing that we can, we can do as kind of a checkup to see where we're at in this prayer process is say, well, do you pray? So that's a question I'm not going to ask you. You don't have to put that on your connection card. You can just answer it for yourself, but do you pray? How often do you pray? What are the kinds of things you pray about? So hopefully as we go through this message series, there'll be some ideas and some things. If you're a hardcore prayer that you can, uh, you know, just be closer to God uh, through uh, using those things. But if you're at a place where you're just getting started, I think this is going to be a great message for getting you, uh, getting you moving in prayer. In some sense, prayer is like the easiest thing in the world. We pray. We just talk to God. That's it. Pretty simple. Um, there's pretty shocking statistics, too. Like our, cult, cult, our culture as a whole has kind of gotten away from faith, and uh, we don't see it as much in the public square. But in private research, you see that people still are big prayers in this country. Uh, There was a study done by Pew Research, which they do a lot of church uh, research studies, in 2014, where they looked at across religion in the United States, and they asked a whole bunch of questions. But one of the questions they asked was, uh, who prays, or do you pray at least daily? So in the United States, of all the Americans they uh, surveyed, 55% 55% of people who were surveyed said, yes, I pray daily. Now again, we're not gonna judge what they define as daily or praying or any of that kind of stuff, but that's pretty amazing actually in this day and age that 55% of people say they pray at least daily. Even among not what would be considered non-religious or they, re- uh, they refer to themselves as no religion, uh, it's like 38% of Americans who have no religion say that they pray in some form, at least monthly. So if you put all this together, 77% of Americans say that they pray in some form or fashion, at least once a month. That's pretty stark. So it's kind of an interesting thing. And I think that tells you not only something about Americans, but just as people in general, is that it's something that we all yearn to do. I think we all realize that we are made to communicate and interact with our God. So, That's pretty awesome. Uh, The other thing is, is that let's shed some light on what prayer isn't. You know, we we talk a lot about what prayer is. Um, Something that I've experienced for myself is prayer is not magic. When I got really serious about praying, I got really, really frustrated thinking that prayer is magic. That if I just say it right, and if I just mean it enough, that God is going to do whatever I say. And that is not the case. God can say no to me. God often reroutes my plans and gives me what I was asking for, but in a completely different way. That's very frustrating. That's not magic. Magic is, hey, I say the right words or the right thing, and then he gives it to me exactly the way I wanted it. Well, that's not going to happen. Sometimes it happens. Not not always. Uh, Here's another one. Prayer is not thinking. This is one that I've done for many, many years, and I've been working on, is somebody says, hey, would you pray for me for whatever? And then they come back and they say, oh, this thing happened. Thanks for praying for me. And I went, well, I was thinking about it, but I didn't pray. I didn't actually ask God for that thing. And sometimes we can get into worry and like mulling over something as though that's actually prayer, but that's not. It's just worrying. And in fact, um, in Philippians 4, 6, and James 4, uh, there's two different places where we're, we're encouraged to go to God in prayer because the things that we mull over and worry about, or maybe it's something that we're angry about, that all can be resolved through praying to God and getting a response from it. So like one thing, for example, is uh, it says, do not be anxious. This was something I, I read over and over and over during the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, but Jesus says to, or God, uh, Paul, God through Paul, says uh, to take everything to God in prayer uh, through Thanksgiving, with Thanksgiving, So by doing that, you're relieved of that anxiety. Well, that's not thinking, that's actually praying. Um, Another thing is is that meditation is a word that's thrown around a lot in our culture these days, uh, being mindful and meditating and that sort of thing. In godless meditation, there is a a biblical kind of meditation where we look at the scripture and we think about it and we roll it over in our mind and we really meditate on it. That is godly meditation, but if it's just we're trying to change our mental state there's a, there's a better way of doing it, and that's taking things to God in prayer. We can find peace and hope by taking it to God that we just can't get through getting the right mindset. And that's, again, something that they don't talk about on the news. That doesn't get a lot of clicks. But it's important to get this prayer thing right because if we don't take things to God in prayer, we're robbed of the opportunity for him to actually come through for us which is like a double benefit. Number one, you get the thing you're praying for. Number two, you realize that he really is for you and he loves you and he wants to provide for us. So we wanna make sure we're doing that. The second thing I wanted to highlight here is that Jesus was a real prayer. If you look through the life of Jesus, you see over and over him praying. Sometimes it says that he would pray all night when he was picking the disciples. There's other stories like all over uh, the New Testament where you see Jesus just getting away and people couldn't find him because he was taking time to pray. So Jesus, when he's teaching here, he's not just somebody that's just talking about it like, hey, you guys should do this. This is Jesus. He's God himself. And he saw it important to pray. So that's a big challenge to me. Number one, it kind of bends your mind a little bit that God prayed. But it's a powerful thing to say. If Jesus saw it as important, how much more do we, who do not have the power that he does, need prayer? So that's two things just to get started. Um, so Jesus tells us two things in this passage uh, that we, we need to kind of highlight and make sure that we're not doing. The first thing he says is, do not be like the hypocrites. So we all know hypocrites. These people uh, hearing this story would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a guy like that. What they were doing back then is uh, people would, there would be daily times of prayer. and We we see this kind of in the Muslim world. There's days of time of prayer where they'll have like a bell or something goes off a horn and everybody will stop what they're doing, where they're at and pray. Well, this was real convenient for somebody that's really hypocritical because what you could do is you just make sure that at about that same time every day, you're in like the most crowded place. That's a pretty good way of getting seen and people could see how good you were and the real pious things you do. Um, The problem here too isn't that these people didn't love to pray. They really, really loved to pray because of the amount of attention that they got. Uh, But they would find themselves in a public place uh, praying so that everybody could see them. And it says that Jesus, uh, or it says that they they would receive the reward because they got the attention that they were looking for. So that's definitely not what we want to do. So uh, to break this ten- tendency, Jesus offers a very clear anecdote. So this is something that all of us can do. It says, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So go into your room. So the Jewish people at this time, everybody knew they would have had a place like this already in their mind. Most of these houses had like this upper room and it was a place where people would go do spiritual practices like this. So this is like everybody had this. So for like modern times, we all have to kind of maybe be a little bit more creative and try to figure out what would be your upper room? Where would be your place where if you were going to get away, not tell anybody, but you were just going to get away and close the door in a place where you could pray or, you know, close the proverbial door, if you were going to get away, where would you pray? So as you think about that, um, here's a challenge. Um, I have another picture up here of a lady called Susanna Wesley. Now, Susanna Wesley is famous because her sons were John Wesley and Charles Wesley, who they were great ministers of their time. They wrote a lot of um, hymns and uh, a lot of powerful. They, did, they were just great uh, spiritual leaders. That's why we know who she is. But she had 19 kids. So, I know, crazy. 19 kids. I'm sure, you know, obviously there's not all 19 in this picture. I'm sure this was her trying to take a picture by herself. But because when you have 19 kids, you can't ever get a picture that at least six of them or five of them are not in the picture. Uh, But in her biography, something that's really, really powerful. This is why reading biographies is kind of cool. She would do something special so that she could get time alone with God. She would take her apron. Uh, the white apron right there on her front, and she would put it over her head. And her kids knew that if mom had the apron over her head, do not talk to her. Leave her alone. Mom's in her special prayer spot. So here's the challenge this morning. If Susanna Wesley, with 19 kids, could find a place to be alone with God, I think we all could get creative. So for me, uh, you know, most, most of us maybe have a, a closet or something that might be big enough. So literally a closet might be your thing, but it might be something as simple as the bathroom. Okay, we have, I'll put the seat down, you know, we don't have to talk too much about that. It could be a bathroom. It could be your car before work. You take some time where there's no one there. You just, you know, you just turn everything off and you spend some time praying to God. We can all get creative and think about uh, maybe it's an hour of the day. It's not so much a physical place as much as your kids aren't up at five in the morning or six in the morning or whatever. Maybe they are. I don't know. (laughs) We all have different seasons. but, um, But finding a place where we can pray alone is an anecdote to this problem of wanting to be seen by other people. So this might not be something you struggle with. You say, well, I don't really pray that much, so I don't struggle... Wanting to be seen by others in prayer. And we were, we're not like a culture where people really drop right there and pray. So we don't see this a lot. Um, and maybe, honestly, that might be why more people don't pray. If we, if we were seen by other people, maybe we would want to practice these things. But what Jesus is saying, basically, is that we all need to take some time alone to pray. And it's not saying not to pray. Like Bruce, right here, prays in front of you. Pretty much every week and I'll be praying today it's not saying that don't ever pray in front of people and in our community groups one of the great things in life groups one of the great things is that we can pray for one another both as a big group and individually we can pray for each other Um, sometimes you just need to pull a, a brother or sister aside and pray for them for things that they're going through but we should all have some sort of practice where we get alone with God and pray and let him speak to us let him lead our lives Um, so um, now we turn to the second group so that's the first group the hypocrites those are the people that want to be seen and that's why they're praying so we don't want to do that as we get started the second thing that um, we don't want to do is um, is it says and when you pray do not keep on babbling like pagans uh, for they think they'll be heard because there are many words so Jesus says pagans, not because he's, you know, like saying, oh, it's just all those pagans out there. You know, there's a little something that's lost in translation. Back then, there really were only two categories. They were the Jewish people and then everybody else. So when he says pagans, he means like all these other people. The Jewish people, they were, they kind of knew what this whole prayer thing was about. They were brought up to pray. They had regular practice of prayer. The poor pagan people didn't have a community like a church to go to where they could learn. And so they were just trying to figure it out. And so they would, they would come up with solutions, as humans always do. And one of their solutions was just, well, if you just say enough stuff, something's going to stick. Something's going to work. I mean, I think we've all probably been there at some point or another. You say, I really want this thing, so I'm just going to keep praying until i bludgeon God into giving me what I want. Um, There was actually a poet at this time uh, that they think that the word that's used here came from, and he was a guy that would just say the same thing over and over and over, and maybe do it a little different way, but it's the same thing over and over and over. So they were saying that's kind of the way that pagan people would pray. And I think the problem here is not that they prayed long prayers, you know, because sometimes you have to, like you have something that you really are serious about. You pray for a long time, that sort of thing. It's not that. It's really that you think, that it's your effort, it's the, the, the words that you're using is the reason that God is going to hear you. And that's the problem. We, we need to know going into this thing that we're praying to a loving father who's not looking to play some spiritual game. Like, he genuinely loves us and he wants to hear from us. And so he wants to hear our prayer so we don't have to try to game him by saying a bunch of words and that sort of thing. And um, cultures all over the world have tried to game the system. Um, you have probably see, all around our apartment complex, there's lots of people that have prayer flags out. So it's kind of like a Tibetan thing. And the idea is that every time the wind blows, it's like a prayer. I mean, on the surface, that's actually a pretty, pretty good idea if it worked. There's also like uh, some cultural things like a prayer wheel, where people would just spin this wheel, and every time they prayed, it's kind of like helping you along in the prayer. It makes it a lot easier if you had some way to, to game God like this. There's lots of examples of this throughout history. And actually the prayer that we're gonna be talking about next week begins very famously, Our Father. Lots of people have prayed that prayer over and over and over and over, thinking that it was because they said it so many dang times that God was gonna give them what their hearts desired. And that's just not the way it works. The beautiful thing here is that Jesus is letting us know is that we don't have to play these games with god he genuinely wants to meet us in prayer and this is a really 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 great thing because like i was saying earlier with that whole read receipt thing i really wish god would just tell me hey you know give me a light or something from heaven saying hey you got this prayer you're working on it you're queued up you know i don't have to follow up on it but i, I would love it if god would give me some um some ex- something like that. Well, in this verse, or this passage, he actually does. So if you're thinking, you know, you've been praying and you're getting frustrated in prayer, you don't know if God is, is going to help, um, or he's heard you, you can actually come back to this passage. Uh, Brandon, can you actually go back to um, the, the verse itself, just so we can see it up here? Um, he said, okay, go to the next one, sorry. I'm doing this kind of on the fly. Okay, so this first one, it says, Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So because it's right here, he's explaining to us what we can expect. We can go back to this and know that not only does God see it, but what he sees done in secret is going to be done. So this is one verse that we can always come back to and say, when I'm curious, did God actually hear it? It says here that what's done in secret, God is going to reward. He's going to see your prayer that's done in secret, and he's going to reward you. The next one would be the last verse in that passage. I think it's eight. Yeah. So it says at the very end, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So this is another really encouraging thing is that before we even ask God, he knows. And I know I got I got kind of frustrated with that for a while because I would think to myself, like, if you know, what's the point? Like, am I wasting my time praying? Because if you already know, but just like you know, I'm I, my son has just gotten into those like two and a half you know, stage. Sometimes I, I know what he wants. And I just need him to ask me. And that's me. I'm dumb. I make mistakes all the time. I'm just figuring this whole parenting thing out. God is not dumb. He is wise. He knows all the things that we need before we even ask him. So we don't have to wonder, did he hear my prayer? He already knew it was coming. We just need to ask. So if you've been struggling with that one, like, is God hearing my prayer? We can come back to these verses and just... Circle back and say, God, is this true? Did you hear me? It says here that you, you've, you knew what I was going to ask before I even asked it. So that's kind of an encouraging thing. So two things that he says will derail our prayer that we have to watch out for as we move forward in prayer. One, do not pray to be seen by others. And the second is, do not think that by using lots of words, we're going to be heard by God. He's going to hear either way. Um. So what do we do with this? The first one I would, I would say is that we need to kind of figure this whole private prayer thing out. Um, you might pray with a group of people. You might pray here at church. But we all need to have a time to pray alone, to get with God and to take some time to pray. To, to really a time to be seen by God only. And for me, practically, that always means that I need to figure out a time and a place. Because if it's not on my calendar, or at least my my mental checklist, it's not going to happen. So what is that time and place? Every season of life might be a little bit different, but we've got to figure out a time and a place to actually make this happen. The second thing is, um, it helps some of the problems and stuff that we come up to in prayer is just because we're just not used to praying. And so one thing might be that we need to get used to praying by practicing it regularly. And um, there was a... Something that somebody told me a long time ago, this guy's named Max Barnett. Y'all might not know him. He's a guy that's just, he's mentored, discipled just tons and tons of people. Real wise guy. But nothing he ever shares with you is something that you go, oh, I could never do that. You're just, you're just too good. I could never do that. He always makes it really simple. But one of the things that he said, whenever you have a discipline that you want to get going, he gave these three pieces of advice. One was start. It's pretty dang good already. Start. The second thing he said was, start today. Because if you don't start today, it's probably not going to happen. The third thing that he would say is, don't miss. And I have, I have yet to find something that is a discipline I wanted to get going, that if I didn't take those three advi- pieces of advice, I couldn't at least get some momentum going. So maybe that's the thing, is that we need to develop this habit of prayer by just starting today and not missing. The final thing maybe uh, that we need to kind of pull out of this is... Um, we need to start where we are, not where we want to be, where we think we should be, or where others are. So we're all in different places on this journey. There's some of you out there that, again, I, I've thought about this as I was preparing. is like there's some of you out there that are much, much better prayers than me. And that's humbling. But we all are at wherever we're at. Some of you are brand new at prayer. I've been praying for a while, but I still have a lot to learn but we need to start where we're, where we're at. What is that place that God would say, hey, I want to I wanna take you down this path a little bit farther. What did you hear today that maybe was something that would challenge you and, and make you want to um, say, you know what, I need, I need to shore this up or figure this part out. Um, but what would happen really if we truly did this together? I mean, this is summertime. It's getting hot in Santa Clarita but we have a little bit longer days. Uh, Maybe you have some vacation time coming up. Most of us kind of back off just maybe a little bit during the summer. I know this has been a really busy year for us, but we're backing off just a little bit. And some of what I'm trying to do with that time is to spend a little bit more time praying, asking God for help for things that we're doing in our family. Um, But if we did this together, what what would the rest of this year, what would the rest of our lives look like? I think a really big thing is that if we truly nail down this prayer thing, there's a lot of blessing that's going to come out of it that might not be happening currently. Um, we'll genuinely be connecting with God, which always, you know, that, that's obviously one of the reasons that we've come here this morning. Uh, we'll be open up to God's leading. Maybe there's an area of your life that God wants to really be the Lord of that you've never really given, you, given him control of, that will only happen if you take that time alone to pray. And if we pray with, like this, I literally think, I know I say this sometimes and it is probably sounds like hyperbole, but I think the world will be a very different place if people who follow Jesus took the time to get alone and just prayed. I think there's some powerful things that we just are, are not even remotely capable of in our own strength. God wants to do when we take the time to pray. So maybe a final question, what does God want to do in your life that currently is not happening that can only happen when you pray? Let's find out together. We're going to talk through a couple next steps and I'll tell you a little bit about what we're going to be doing next week. But as we wrap up, let's think through these uh, these things that maybe you could do. Maybe this would be helpful for you. Um, First would be to start to pray today by getting some time to pray. Maybe literally today, could just be a couple minutes in the bathroom, it could be in your car, wherever, but get some time to pray. The second thing is commit to developing a personal prayer time by identifying a time and a place to pray. Usually without that, it's not going to happen. And then finally, look for opportunities throughout your day to pray for things that come up in the course of your day. That's where you start. Pretty simple. Um, we know now we want what we want to avoid. We don't want to be like the hypocrites or like the pagans. We want to be people who pray and really connect with God. So how do we do this? Jesus gives a very simple template that we can all follow, and so we'll be talking about that next week. Would you guys join me in prayer? Dear God, um, we thank you so much for this opportunity to, um, to be here and to worship you. God... Uh, We can very simply ask you for things, and that is a really amazing thing. So we just pray today, God, uh, wherever we are, that you would take us farther in our relationship with you, that we would get to know you better this summer as we commit to pray. And um, God, I pray that you would just help use this message series to um, help us all get deeper in our prayer life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.